Since I was young, I've always been in relationships, almost to a fault. I can look back on that now and understand that that was also my like codependency of being so afraid to be with myself. Even the relationships like you know aren't the right thing for you, but you hold on for dear life for like the four year mark and then you're like, what the f am I doing? Okay, Melissa, we're gonna ease into it so I can like move away from the space I'm in to the space I want to be in with you. So we're gonna start talking about how we even got to know each other because I found you on social media. Thank God. I know. It brought me to you and um, I've recognized myself in you. I felt like we were walking on the same kind of path and it was so empowering and very comforting to see someone that was as curious and as brave to share that path on social media. It can get very personal. It can get very confusing, opening that up to so many different people. And uh, then we had an opportunity to meet in real life. And uh, we, I, I feel very connected to you. Like, I Thanks. feel like you, you came into my life for a reason. And I'm sure a lot of people feel this way, thanks to social media. So I'm happy that our paths crossed. Um, and we had such a beautiful conversation on your podcast, Move With Heart. And something that stuck with me when I left that conversation was you, uh, when we were talking about relationships and we're talking about being in a marriage and going through that kind of, you know, discovery journey, you mentioned how you are not the same Melissa that Noah met and fell in love with. That's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> so if you can take me back and share with me like who that Melissa was. Absolutely. First of all, thank you. I the same skip that I had when you were coming on to my podcast, I had the same skip being here with you today because I just feel the exact same about you and it's truly just like such a blessing because Although so many people know each other in the space, I don't know how many people like really, yeah, really mm -hmm. are friends or want the best <laughs> for other people no, they meet, right. if I'm just being quite honest. But oh wow, the Melissa Noah married was such a different Melissa. I was masked. Well, it was like confidence, but it was just covered. It covered up a lot of the insecurities. Like I I wasn't really being honest with mm. what was going on inside of me, which resulted in tremendous anxiety and being really ashamed of that anxiety. So I think just working really hard to make it look like I had my shit together, which is... It's a lot of work. <laughs> exhausting. <laughs> wow. It and it just slowly started to uncover we started dating because I knew him for so long, mm -hmm. right? We were in each other's lives from like a working relationship. And you think you know someone until you spend alone time with them and you like take them out of their environment. And it made me feel this kind of like comfort and ease within myself um, that I had never felt ever in my, in my life. And 
I believe that when you are in the energy of people who really love and accept you for who you are, mm-hmm. it allows more of the real you yeah. to come through. That definitely happened. And I think, you know, I was struggling with cystic acne, just being really unhappy, not content with myself, what I was doing. And Noah was really that voice in my head that was like, it's okay. Like, this is all just a moment in time. And the more that you just pay attention, like close attention to the things that you like, like that could be, it doesn't mean it's the path, but it's going to guide you in the direction of moving Mm. towards happiness, right? And ultimately just feeling more, more fulfillment. I don't even know if it's happiness. It's, it's fulfillment. It's being really content with what's in front of you. And I mean, I used to wake up and he would just like get up and just like be so happy and like doing all. And he had so many things on his plate. And I'm like, how do you do this? (laughs) Like, it's so annoying. And I'm like, you know, a ball of anxiety could barely get out of bed. And I'm like fit modeling. And it's like, I don't want to say it's, it's actually a challenging job. Like it's, it's not easy, but I was like, I can do this. Yeah. And how is it so hard for me to do the thing? Well, it was so hard because I was so not in alignment Mm. with who I was or doing the things that were my gifts, but I actually started to discover them from having these conversations with Noah. Like I started to discover a little bit more of my gifts when I was doing things I didn't like because I would just try, and I, I say this a lot to people because I don't think it's like a figuring out of what you're meant to do or who you're meant to be. It's about bringing like the true essence of who you are to every situation. So like, even though I was fit modeling for so many years, by the way, so grateful for that career because I was able to be such a little boss in my life. I had my own independence. I made real money. And, you know, there were so many silver linings to doing something that you don't like, but I've always loved to talk and and to talk to people about like ways that they can make some like micro tweaks in their life to just like enhance their way of living. There was always something you did. I noticed it. I've always done that, but I didn't even, I wasn't even self-aware to the fact that Mm. that's what I always did since I was a kid, but it was in the fittings when I, someone would be like, oh, I don't feel good. I'm like, well, how did you wake up? (laughs) What's the first thing you did? And I would start having these like health coaching sessions Mm -hmm. with clients. And, and I, I became like, it just, it started to give me so much energy at work where like, it gave me courage to go to IIN, like the online nutrition mm-hmm. school, and then just like move into into the direction of the unknown. I'm always curious about, you know, the self-identity journey, how it pertains in like relationship. Because when you go through it, when you're on your own, you're able to maneuver, make, you know, kind of hard decisions, make very strong boundaries and all the things, because at the end of the day, it's just about you and you're just think about yourself. But when you are in a team, when you're in a marriage, when you're in a relationship, when there are children involved, it can get really scary. And I think that's just something I don't hear a lot about, the conversation of this like change that occurs 
in that phase of life. You know, it's like kind of in Disney where you you see kind of, oh, they fall in love, whatever. The movie ends when they get married. <laughs> what after? <laughs> like, I have so many questions. And I remember when I was going through my, you know, who am I now at 27, 28, I already had three kids and I'm in a marriage. I'm like, I wow. don't know if I'm brave enough to go and look for these answers because how it how is it going to affect what I've built until now, right? And that's something that is really scary, and I'm always curious. I don't think I've ever asked someone about it where I'm, you know, how does that work? Like, how did that courage appear for you? It's so crazy because, like, I think about, I think of my wedding, and I'm like, when Noah and I got married, like, he literally married a different version of me. Like, I don't think he didn't think I was going to do great things, but I just don't think he imagined that I would possibly be who I am or, like, what I'm doing to the magnitude that I am today. Mm -hmm. And he loves it. Like, I I don't want to say he's like, I wish I could go back and, like, remake that decision. But it's, I I think you really, when you're in a partnership that challenges your growth and— challenges you to elevate as a human being. I found so much courage in myself from having someone in my life for the first time that like supported, supported me for being at my lowest of low and loving me at my Mm. lowest of low, covered in acne and just feeling insecure, not confident in really anything in my life. That is what gave me a lot of courage to feel loved that way and to still, like, be so accepted. Like, I mean, that's what helped me move towards my own self-acceptance and and loving myself in a way that was so different because I, I didn't love myself really before. Like, you can say, like, okay, maybe, but, like, no, my actions didn't align to that. Do you feel like in your previous relationships, that was like an obvious thing for you? Like you made decisions that showed you that you don't love yourself? Some. Mm -hmm. I think some. I, I also think I was just always in search of something that like I didn't have or feel in childhood. Like, since I was young, I've always been in relationships, almost to a fault. Like, I can look back on that now and understand that that was also my, like, codependency of being so afraid to be with myself Mm. and attaching myself to, I don't want to say anyone because I was selective, but, you know, even the relationships, like, you know, aren't the right thing for you, but you hold on for dear life for, like, the four-year mark, and then you're like, what the am I doing? Yeah. You know, but Mm -hmm. like, I feel like I had such a history of doing that from really just being so afraid of being alone, but also growing up with a mother who made the importance of having a man in your life so high up on a pedestal. So I think, you know, those things become embedded in your life. Yeah. That's so interesting because I feel like I had the opposite experience. I know, with your mom. Yeah, where my mom actually was like, a man is 
a means to a destination. I was like, okay. So I was very, uh, she never obviously said it, but the way she operated, I was always like, okay, you're always, you know, you have to rely on yourself. You're this always independent person. It's nice if they're around. It's nice if they don't. And it scares me to actually see that happening. Like that conversation is going with the younger generation of kind of like, you know, if he's there, he's there. If he's not, he's not. That's fine. We can figure it out. Yeah. But thankfully, I had an opportunity to change that because I listened to my core. Like when I met Gary and I felt it in my core that something in me just, it felt right. It felt strong. It didn't come from a place of like, yeah, it's another, you know, yeah. it's going to get me to a certain destination and then we'll see what's next. Thankfully, I made such a good grounded decision, but that constantly echoed in my head of this, you know, well, if it's not him, then it's someone else, whatever. Right. So for you, it was the complete opposite. For you, like that your mother held this, you know, belief and showcase through her own choices that or words that you need to have a man in your life. You know, you need to make sure that you are beside. I think she always really wanted that. Like yeah. my mom actually is and what has always been like very independent with, mm -hmm. you know, self-sufficient, taking care of herself. I also think it's generational, but yeah. it sounds like with your mother, I don't know. Like That was a broken generation yeah. <laughs> where she came from. That was just results of like, um, how do you say it, of, uh, of a failed, you know, Yes. <laughs> Experiences. So, yeah. But I just I just remember her, like, always wanting someone badly. Yeah. And I think it just always made me feel like I, like, needed that. Which I think if you look at the core of it, I think that's a beautiful feeling to, like, I truly now where I'm at, I feel like I need my husband, you know, like he makes me feel powerful. And like, I, I truly believe that when you understand the core of the connection that you're looking for, it just helps you to emphasize, you know, who you are and all these beautiful things that life has to offer. I don't believe in this, you know, like fantasy of a man that you feel yeah. like something like, I think everyone is out there looking for this version mm. of what they think they want and they need. It's like the amount of conversations I've had with people where it's like, well, he's not my type. And I'm like, well, that might be the problem. Yeah. <laughs> Ask, let's ding, let's ding, talk ding. about that. Let's dive more into that. Like yeah. everyone is so fixated on types and this. Mm. And I think it like, it really has to go deeper. Yeah into like the value system, the morals, like what is the foundation that like you want to bring into your life, your children's life, your family's lives. And just, I don't know, like I, I think the dating apps, I miss that whole oh, my era God. of yeah. dating apps. Me too. Thank because God. I was just always in relationships. But no, I think it also has a lot to play into. Mm -hmm. The type, because everything is visual. Everything instant is Instant gratification. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. I pray for everybody. Um, I think they should change the dating apps to videos. You're welcome, you guys. That's so interesting. I mean, one of my closest friends, Amira, when she was out there looking for her husband and she was on a mission, she 
used the dating apps. Once she took her kind of favorite pics, then she sent them these personality tests. And it was, (laughs) it was a very much, she's a, she's a medical doctor. So she has like a process, you know, and I have to say it worked. (laughs) It worked really well. She's with her person. But she was very much like touching every layer of like it started (laughs) on the outside and then it went deeper and deeper. You have to. Yeah. And I think that um, that was very helpful for her. But going back to, you know, the kind of identity, what was the catalyst for you? Was there an experience where you were just zoomed out of it being like, okay, something has to change in me. Like I have to go on this journey. Yeah, I think it was always living on a quest of finding all of the answers outside of myself Mm. through other people, through other um, specialists, therapists, professionals in the space. And I don't want to say exhausting all of those outcomes because I actually believe in, like, I believe in therapy. I still go to therapy. I think you have to, you know, find the systems in your life and the team that that can help you. But I do feel that for myself, it was, I was so focused on the external help that I did. I really hit a moment where I, you know, I had heard a lot about meditation and then I I went to a weekend workshop and I, I started meditating. And, and from that weekend, I mean, this is over, it's over a decade ago, but like from that weekend, like I meditate every single day mm-hmm. and it's less of this, like I, I want to do this. And it's, it's really become this tool in my life that has guided me towards like the person that I that I really am, like mm-hmm. outside of all of the noise and all of the stuff. So it was, it was meditation that helped me see like the the versions within myself that were nasty, that could be really mean, that could tear people down, that was so quick to judge myself first and then everyone else, and I. She's still in there. She, we still have access to her, but we really she work. Shows up. I mean, I'm she sure shows, that she shows up. She's once still in around, a guys, um, for all of us. But it just it taught me that I actually am like a very kind-hearted, compassionate, loving human who wants like good things in life and good things for myself. So it's it's when I started to change, mm. like through that practice, and then it was like tapping into different forms of movement where instead of doing all the things that I was told I should do and was like, wait a second, none of that feels good. And it, it helped me turn on the volume to my soul. Did you worry about this tuning in if it's going to affect your relationship with your husband or the world on the outside in general? I definitely feared that for a while because I think sometimes when you when you really get into this world and I've been so passionately evolving into this world for so many years like there is this moment where you're like oh no one's on my no one's where I am mm. you know uh, we're we're in different 
different places. But I also think it like comes back to the conversation we were having on my podcast. It's like this choice, right? It's this choice to be like, you know what? I'm really into this thing. You're really into that thing. But like, I love and respect you so much. I love what we built. Let's like communicate about the things that could maybe keep us more connected through my eyes and like what can keep us more connected from from your perspective and like really work on that. You Mm -hmm. know, I think a lot of time people, they can grow apart and you're naturally going to grow apart and then grow together and even in marriage. Mm -hmm. But finding, I think, the, the bravery to like communicate that, like when you're feeling those massive disconnects in your relationship is what I think like a partnership, like a true dedicated partnership to each other really is. And we, we have that. And listen, I also went through many phases of trying to force my lifestyle on my partner. (laughs) Fully guilty of that. It doesn't work. Yeah. They repel you know, you, you can get threaten. frustrated. <laughs> Threats. Yes, it can get it can get uh, pretty tense. Uh, you know, I think that even that aspect of communication, I think that sometimes it sounds like this big thing, like this big conversation. But honestly, Gary and I have moments where just expressing that of just like I feel disconnected from you. Yeah, is enough. It's enough to kind of turn you know, your awareness and to just notify, okay, we got to do something about it. Like, it's not always these big, let's sit down, let's, you know, this whole thing. Um, It can be something small, but that communication already triggers, like, you to operate in a different way. Totally. Which is extremely important. And I think something that's, that's something I've learned through my journey to make sure that we are still on the same, mm-hmm. you know, trajectory of, you know, right now I kind of need space and I can't give you a lot of attention right now, but I feel we're getting disconnected, but I will like, give me, I need, give me like a week or something, I'll you know, like I'll be back. <laughs> Stay right there. I'll be back. <laughs> you and I are so similar in this sense. And I love when you share this because I am the exact same. And I think it's an honoring, mm-hmm. it's an honoring system too. You know, like when I started dating Noah, he, he works in hospitality. He is out at clubs with beautiful women all the time. I think so many people try to change their person. I've I've tried to do that too. I'm sure. A lot of times. Some successes, some failures. <laughs> you win some, you lose some. <laughs> but it's it's I think through real respect of the person that you're with, like you learn that the only way to have any positive influence on your partner is to be that vessel and mm-hmm. to show up with that dignity for yourself. And and I I feel and I, I've noticed it in my relationship, like that is what naturally influences people in your life, people that you love, because they see something different, right? It's like yeah. something's different, something's turned on. And who doesn't want their light? as bright as it can possibly be. We all do. We just don't know how to. So I feel like allowing myself to be this this person and to like never feel bad that I 
am really best when I wake up first thing and meditate. And if I haven't and Noah comes in and he's like, did you meditate yet? Like he knows, you know, and like just this like understanding. And like he goes out a lot for dinners or, you know, hosting people. And I don't try to change it. We've been together for so many years now, and and even now as, like, needs change and, and you need to alter some things, it's this exactly what you said. It's just that, like, vocalizing and giving it that moment of just being honest with where you are in that moment and finding r- ways to reconnect in, in how it works best for, for you. Like, mm-hmm. no one, I don't really do, like, a weekly date night or, or any of that, like— it doesn't really work for us. Like we try to do things, but our way of connecting is very different. And it's all trial and error, right? I feel oh, like is. you you try to get into these um, concepts, apply these com- concepts into your life. And a lot of the times they don't work. We're the same thing. This whole date night thing, anything that feels forced uh-uh. does not work for us. Valentine's days, like yeah. all that stuff. I'm just, let's just not do this. Let's save <laughs> each other's energy and time and money and we'll find a different way to do it. You know, something that I really admire about you is um, the journey that you've had with accepting the idea of changing your mind. Because I think that a lot of our identity, uh, we're very eager as people to make statements, attach ourselves to certain concepts, if it's being vegan or doing this or doing that or only believe in this. And um, I think it's kind of, we look at them as these blocks to our identity. And it's a very scary thing to revise it and publicly be like, you know what, this is not really me anymore. And you've done it multiple times. Um, you've done it with your diet. You were very, you were like the vegan, like poster child. Every time I would look at your store, I'm like, hmm, maybe I should. No, I can't. That's not me. I can't go vegan. When I looked at how you kind of came out and was like, it's okay. Like I've done this and it just doesn't work for me. I was, I knew that there was a process that you had to go through to come to this place. So tell me about that. A massive process. I mean, I, you know, I built a very loyal community off living my life, like, you know, being plant-based or vegan or whatever you want to call it. So I, it's so interesting because it really helped me, like that way of life helped me through some of the most challenging times in my life when I was living with, you know, cystic acne, thoroughly just anxious and and depressed. That was just like my baseline of my, my state and just not feeling good in my body, becoming really mindful with the food and things I was putting in helped eliminate a lot of those issues Mm -hmm. in my life. Or I don't want to say completely eliminate, but it helped bring down a lot of the levers of anxiety, inflammation in the skin. And I am the type of person, like, when I love something, I love hard. And I have this, it's like, I can't hide the passion. So like, there was just so much passion connected to that way of life. And I was so scared when I started 
feeling just these like very intuitive pulls towards wanting other things. And it's very interesting. I actually thought about this on the way here. I've never shared this before because it is part of what made me choose to no longer like act like I was hiding. Like Mm. I started eating things that weren't plant-based like a while before I shared it. And I would like go out to restaurants or like pick up food and I would just, I would be so paranoid that people would see that I ordered like eggs on my toast or like I wouldn't even want to eat in public. Like I would try to get my food to go. And it was a lot of that. I was like, wait a minute. Like how am I ashamed to show that like something's changed within me and and the things that were meeting my needs at one point in my life aren't anymore. And like whatever it is, hormonal changes, evolving, it, it doesn't matter, but I wasn't honoring it. And it was like one of those moments where I was like, order avocado toast and I'll get the eggs. I'm like, oh God, does anyone notice? I'm so scared. And like, I do think someone did notice. And then I was like, oh God, I'm, I feel like I'm being such a fraud. Yeah. And I'm just not being honest. But it wasn't even about people on social media. Like I wasn't being honest with myself. Mm-hmm. And how sad that like, I feel like I have to go hide the way that I'm eating because I put myself in a box and I was breaking out of the box. But I think we attach ourselves to labels and to who we think we are or the way in which, you know, we have to show up to be our best self. And and I think, too, it is a lot of pressure with social media and, and growing communities and platforms because you do feel this connection and you've built this, this loyalty, right? Um, mm-hmm. People really feel like they know you. They feel like they know me. But that also got in the way of me being honest because I was so afraid of what people were thinking, which I've, it's like, that's the worst for me is when I am, when I'm people pleasing, nothing works. Nothing works in my favor. Yeah, I feel you. It's exhausting. It's exhausting. And you know what? Again, I think that it's important to remember that every time you feel, because I I go through it all the time, I feel like I have my, I figure something out, like, okay, this this part is done for me, next. It shows up again. I was like, come on, we're doing this again. And I I kind of accepted that this is going to constantly be part of, you know, my journey, my life, and honestly, everyone's journey. But that idea of like, what you did of just recognizing that you are trying to be who you think other people want you to be or trying to, you know, preserve this identity that you've built. I think that is such a universal feeling for for people that are not on social media. Yeah. It can be True. that feeling even with, again, within a relationship with your partner, with your friends, with your family, this need to hide your own kind of like breaking through certain, you know, mm-hmm. um, certain shapes and certain boxes that you put yourself in, it's a scary thing to um, to kind of recognize and figure out how to navigate. It really is. And I think what you, one thing that helped and continues to help me move through it is to stop looking for validation mm-hmm. and to not do things in hope that you're going to get a good response or, you know, It's just like you have to have this 
it's like this internal agreement with yourself to just like really be truthful with yourself. Yes, I think something that I've learned, um, I had a conversation with my friend, uh, Sarah Kubrick, who is an existential therapist. Mm. And we're talking about the concept, the concept of self-loss. And these little moments, these little decisions that you make is adding, like every day you make decisions that will either bring you closer to yourself or further away from yourself, right? Mm -hmm. And it's, it's, you know, the way you express yourself, what you say, what you don't say, what you show, what you don't show. It's these micro little decisions. It is so true. And then you wake up one morning and you're just like, who am I? Like, <laughs> I don't even know what, you know, who am I portraying, right? Who am I, what role am I playing today? Because you just get so disconnected. And I think that's such a big lesson to just keep in mind in general that ability to constantly expand and to be okay with it. And, you know, because to me, I looked at it before as I'm being indecisive, I'm changing my mind all the time. All these things that are looked at as negative qualities are now for me so exciting. I'm like, I know. Yesterday, I mean, how was a different person yesterday? Ask me the same question today. It's going to be a different answer. <laughs> same. I mean, I think letting go of living a life of shoulds. Mm. And that is truly what like has me here. It's what has me, I mean, but it doesn't mean that I don't still do things that I think I should do and then learn every single time that like, you know, it's it's the the constant lessons. And I, I do think it is getting more comfortable with just how unpredictable life is and how mm -hmm. unpredictable every day is. And I've been really working on just finding this excitement with the unknown because I've always run really, really anxious. And I think that that can trigger anxiety. But some things I've, I've just been doing recently. I was talking to my therapist about this yesterday. I'm like, it is so interesting because I also think going back to the Melissa Noah married, Noah married the Melissa that loved drama, but wasn't even aware of it. And if drama wasn't infused in the life, I will create the drama. I will find some drama. I will become the drama. I, why my, was, like, why? My anxiety was so addicted to drama. My whole, like, you know, my upbringing was dysfunctional. It was always kind of, everything was like highs were high, lows were low. And living in the neutral zone is where things, something's, something's wrong. I have to make it, I have to bring it up here or I have to drop it down here. Because like, that's where the nervous system feels so dysregulated. That's home. And now, like, I was with her yesterday and I'm like, so neutral. It is, I mean, this week. <laughs> uh, yes. We'll see about next. I know. This week. It's really interesting living I mean, in a neutral I, zone. I think that that's what attracted me to like Stoics, right? Have you ever, I'm sure you've, you're familiar, but the literature of, is just, it's exactly how I aspire to be of just like, it is what it is. Yeah. And that's it. Yeah. It's really, I'm like, wow, I'm so jealous of people who just naturally walk around like this. I haven't met any in a while because the world is really testing. I feel like Noah's like 
yeah, these are neutral zones, neutral. which is also like I love. I love mm, that. That's amazing. Yeah, and he's always been like that. You're just always. born like this. He's born like that. Like where I think it's going back to like honoring the space that your person needs and your friends and your kids, but. Like, I require a lot of space to feel connected, to feel ready to give as much as I give, as much as you give. Mm -hmm. And he can just go. <laughs> He's fine. Doesn't need to reset. Like, it's wild to me. How Have you ever asked his mom, like, is this just was always the case? Or is there something that you peppered in there to yeah, help nurture he's, that? Yeah, he's always been like that. I love that. I know, me too. I love that for you. <laughs> Me too. Because then you bring the spice. You've I, been, you bring the highs and lows. And now I have a daughter who also <laughs> enhances all the spice in our life. Whew. Oh, I love that. I love seeing her bring her magic to the family, I have to say. You do. <laughs> I know. I look, hadn't shared her in a few days, and I'm like, oh, she just said something so cute today. I'm like, I'll give the world a little dose of something to make us all <laughs> My smile. My favorite. At this point in your life, what do you need to get comfortable with being uncomfortable with? More of the unknown and not trying to figure everything out and to really live in the surrender. Because although today I'm feeling more neutral, it's, I think I as someone who actively likes to control all situations and am leading, you know, a large team of people and feel like if something's going wrong, I want to get in there. I want to control the situation. I want to control things in my family. Um, I don't want to give my energy to that anymore. Mm. And I really want to work on just finding like more trust and and not just in myself and other people. I think I have always had a hard time trusting. I'm not the easiest person to let people into my life. I've always been super shielded and protected. And I think that that's good. But I, I want to let some walls down a little bit more because I, I think that's how you continue to let things in and things that maybe like I, I can't see mm. right now, mm -hmm. you know, like the more that I'm finding that I'm letting go, it's giving me more space to be curious with like, what's next? Like what, what, what is, what's going to unfold in the day and not trying to have such a pulse on everything, which is like, you know, when you're the boss, it's like you're used to controlling and. Oh my God. That's, that's a very difficult thing to let go of. I, f I find that with the years, the more I get comfortable with myself, I'm able to open up more because I'm very, I'm very similar to you. Mm -hmm. um, everything is very guarded. Everything is always in control. It really requires such a sense of self to be able to break down certain, you know, walls and to let people in. Because um, I think that from probably my childhood, all of these walls went up because I just felt like I was too vulnerable. Mm -hmm. There was just too many factors from the outside that could break who I was. So the walls just kept going up and up and up. 
And hopefully this journey that we're both in and that never ends ever <laughs> will help to bring us back to that place of surrender. Yes. I I think too finding more joy in the journey. Recently I'm like I haven't been laughing as much. Like I love to laugh. I love to like find joy in the littlest of things and I was really struggling to do that. And I think just becoming really honest with myself of like, it's because I was focusing so much on trying to fix everything. And it's like, I might not be the person to fix it. Yeah. You know, there's other things that will reveal itself and I'll get the, the hard gut intuition to move towards something and just like, oh. The letting go and letting live. That's where I'm at. I'm like, let's just, I want more of that. Let's just do that. I love that. What do you feel is the difference for you between discomfort and a boundary? I'm actually going to bring it to um, something I think we actually talked about offline, but I, I think it's an important conversation to have. A lot of people wrote in after I, um, I had a guest, Danielle, on the podcast, uh, and we were talking about intimacy and sex and just really giving yourself to people. And I, a lot of people thought that I felt very uncomfortable about the conversation. And I want to make it very clear. It's it's one thing to be uncomfortable and to have discomfort, but it's there's there's also the thing that I think a lot of people are are not used to or don't have in their life are boundaries and just knowing that just because something is easily talked about, you know, amongst some people or trending on TikTok or whatever the hell it is, mm-hmm. it doesn't give like permission for everyone to have access to that. And for me, it's it's really important to have those very strong boundaries in your life as as a person. And like, that's one of my really strong boundaries. Like, that's no one's business, yeah. but mine. And not everyone can be let in on everything. And I think the discomfort is what people feel mm. when they don't like your boundaries. Mm-hmm. So don't confuse the two. <laughs> I love that. That's a very good point. I love it. And then they like to make you feel uncomfortable because of your boundaries. And no, no, we're staying strong here. (laughs) (laughs) That's why it needs, you require so much work to have the clarity that you need to know where are your kind of like red lines. You know, we don't cross that line. Yeah. Um, Especially in today's world. I think that um, there's a lot of beauty, obviously, in the opportunity to mass communicate and to share. uh, But I do see so many boundaries crossed all the time in the name of, being relatable in the name of connection, in the name of, you know, building certain bridges. And I think that we, it's hard for us to sometimes identify. Yeah. And I agree with that. And I also think it's clickbait. Oh my God. Yeah. And people love clickbait. Melissa, thank you so much. (laughs) I came in feeling very, very uh, just... You know, you know how I felt. You felt my energy. Um, And I just, it was so wonderful to just sit and talk with you again. Honestly. I appreciate you. Forever my pleasure. I love any time that I have, like, dedicated to just being with you. 
Thank you love so you, much for thank having you. me. I love you. <laughs> thank you so much for watching this episode. I hope you enjoyed it. Don't miss my newest episode right here. And if you're listening to the podcast on Apple or Spotify, please go and leave a review with your biggest takeaway. I love reading your thoughts. And if you have any suggestions for guests or topics, you can leave them in the comment section. And always, always remember, you are not alone.